0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply.
1: For it's one, two, three strikes you're out at the old ball game. Welcome back to Short Hops and Tall Tales, a pictureless podcast highlighting the weird, funny, and bizarre elements of baseball that make America's pastime special. I'm once again joined by the magnificent Brandon Riddle, and we are excited to bring you another episode packed with weird baseball. And weird <laughs> baseball we have on tap today, don't we, Brandon?
2: Yeah, you know, it's we haven't talked baseball for like a week right now, and I think a lot of weird baseball has happened in that last week, and turns out in the last couple hundred years as well. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like this episode, uh, it, it really does live up to the the tall tales in our name. Uh, yes,
2: especially, I, I see there, the first bullet point you have is um, a tall tale. A tall so tale that's going to be getting right to our namesake. Yeah, yeah exactly. so we, we got the tall tale, which I, I just saw a couple of words in there that included potato and Ripley's Believe It or Not. So yep. I'm ready to go for that one. Uh, we're going to talk about the pickle jar, of course. Um, we got a little bit about, um, Archie, Moonlight, Doc, Graham, because of course we just had the "Theo of the dreams game.
1: Oh yeah. So yeah. Okay. So <laughs> now that you've walked us through it, I just see this pick off trivia question. Oh goodness. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you read it because this is, I don't think I've ever read a trivia question like this before. Do you know the answer to this? Or
2: I don't know the answer. I just saw it off a of Saber's website and go, um, that's the one, and we'll find okay. out together. Okay, it's gonna uh, be weird then. Okay, yeah, our, our uh, very do weird. Have? Our pickup trivia is: what slugger's name is composed of four body parts? There, there's no year or era. So, what slugger's name is composed of four body parts? Uh, Unless, like, if you look at the birth certificate and it's, like, severed fingers, like, actually spelling out Mike oh or something like that. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure it, like, we have Lefty Gomez, but that's a pitcher, of course.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, do nicknames count?
2: We're going to say yes.
1: Okay, because, I mean, <laughs> my, my initial reaction was, oh, you've got, uh, what's his name, Mordecai Three Finger Brown. And then I'm, I'm thinking, okay, the well, two names yeah. he has are not body parts at all. This is hard because because you don't know it either, so we really have no hints here, and it could be throughout baseball history. I'm going to go with... I'm just going to make one up on the spot. This guy's name was probably... probably like... like... like Skull... Skull Femur... Uh... Smith... <laughs> And he um, probably he probably Smith? walked up to the plate and swung a swung a bone. I don't I, know. I definitely
2: <laughs> think his it? last name is Johnson, but let's find out. Oh, um,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> this to is going. Do you want to know right <laughs> the bat, or do you want? I I don't
1: think I'm going to guess this. Okay, give me a hint. Oh no,
2: no, we're not going to get it. We're not going to get this. This isn't
1: okay. obvious. Okay, can I ask um, a question? Is it? Are we are we talking upper or lower body, like torso or legs? Oh goodness!
2: Um, it's, it's a little bit of everywhere. Probably it's probably. a little bit of everywhere. Which I was wish I read this beforehand. Uh, so it's not actually like his name's not elbow, arm, and okay, toe. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's phonetic. So like okay. Tony, toe, oh, knee.
1: Because okay. my next, my next, my next guest was going to be uh, circulatory system uh, Carter. Right from, there, right. you go. Perfect. 1920s, right? <laughs> <laughs> Great nickname. No, uh, it was guess this. What, what
2: Tony Armass
1: that is hor- Tony yes uh,
2: this was a bad oh, to- trivia question
1: knee to- toe
2: knee, knee oh, okay. arm as yeah um I guess wow. he played for the Red Sox what looks like in the late 70s early 80s so um yeah that was a reach
1: <laughs> that was yeah I boo <laughs> yeah. That, was, uh, that was fun it was entertaining it that was, was a good time though yeah Jesus good good far. trivia
2: yeah All right a so total uh, reach so uh, what we got going for this tall
1: tale? that's right it is a tall tale uh and it is the uh story about a game from 19 or excuse me from 1893 yes yeah, a wheelhouse that, that allegedly ended two and a half runs to two uh two and a half to two and this was actually submitted by one of our listeners brandon uh shout oh. out to some mike uh paragini uh i hope i pronounced that right uh, for the first time um who, yeah i he he sent this to me over discord and he said you guys you guys have to do this and i I, I very much agree. Now now we're doing it, and it's it's full circle. So shout out Mike. Uh, he also also uh, a couple submitted it a while back uh, said we should do frozen ropes for for the. Oh uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. The, the pickle jar. jar, right? And we ended up doing that last week, and I forgot to, uh, forgot to shout him out. So shout out to Mike. I hope you're having a, a great day uh, <laughs> listening to this. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about a very, very tall tale, and that is, uh, it all comes from this this newspaper headline from the 1930s, right? And it, the headline reads: "Ball hit with axe splits in two pieces." Now, this headline came out in the, you know, this this I guess this story uh was published a, a couple different times, but this is what we found. And so the headline is from the 30s. Uh there's some stories hmm. from the 40s. But the actual game occurred about 40 years prior to this headline even coming out. Now, th- th- th-
2: this is beautiful because a lot of times newspapers in the 1930s about baseball games, those in themselves can kind of be unreliable. Exactly. Uh, for a variety of reasons. So to have this headline come out about the game 40 years ago when at that time, when even the 30s newspapers were kind of iffy, but now we'll go back to the 1890s. This is just a magical area.
1: We are really deep into hearsay territory here, and I am excited. Uh, so, <laughs> so this story, uh, at least the one told in, in this headline in the 1930s, it was told by a 19th century pitcher in the Atlantic League. His name was William Wild Bill Setley. Yes, yes. Phenomenal nickname. Uh and if you can believe it, uh Wild Bill was quite a wild player, and he was notorious for you know being a prankster uh in the clubhouse on the field and for telling tall tales.
2: Oh, so we got ourselves an unreliable narrator is what you're saying
1: exactly exactly so what i mean and this guy's great i feel like we could if i if we really looked into him we could find a whole you know litany of of crazy tales this guy's done but like for example this wild bill character telling this story uh allegedly one time when he was pitching uh, he substituted a peeled potato for a baseball um you know he's a prankster Talk,
2: (laughs) talk about mashed potatoes they hit the ball anyway sorry that
1: was not so so the trivia was a reach but that was so much worse <laughs> i'm sorry it was so, so much
2: worse here. i need to be proud of that
1: yeah uh it, it, another another story that i i ran into and, and and found was like uh this so after his playing career this wild bill character became an umpire, right? And so he was umpiring a game. He's the third base umpire. And there was a play at third base where he had his his back turned to first. Right. And he called an out at third base. And without turning, he, he called an out at first base as well. And so immediately the dug you know, the T te- the, the hitting team, uh, you know, they're up in arms they're like there's no way you could have called that guy out at first base. You literally weren't even facing that direction. And then he pulled a tiny mirror out of his pocket, or, or so the story goes, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so if nothing else, yeah, this guy was a prankster. He was really into props, and I <laughs> I, I love this Wild Bill. Was
2: character. was he me?
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> it, like, can you imagine something like that happening today? It'd be would uh, be great. Uh, so anyway, that establishes the background for our our unreliable narr- narrator, uh, this this pitcher named Wild Bill. Uh, so, before we get right into it, uh, just, just kind of looking up how this 40-year-old story came to print in the 1930s, in ni- nineteen forty. So, Wild Bill, uh, in 1937, he contacted Robert Ripley of Ripley's Belief or Not <laughs> in New York City. And Robert Ripley, you know, he told a story to him and Ripley go, uh, gets him on the radio, right? Uh, so, he can tell his half-a-run story on, you know, the national airwaves. Uh, so, that's, that is how it's believed that it came up in the headlines 40 years after the fact uh know, because he tells a story and then everyone's like that's ridiculous and newspapers write it and it gets syndicated uh so this wild bill character i mean we literally have ripley's believed or not tied into this (laughs) story it's just it's so baseball and it's so awesome so anyway enough enough background getting to the story itself so uh as the story goes it's 1893 and it's a state league game between Allentown and Pottsville, both teams in Pennsylvania. Uh, and it's the 11th inning there. It's been just a grueling game, right? It's it's tied up uh, at two apiece. Uh, and the Allentown pitcher comes up. His name's Mike Kilroy. He comes up with two on and, or excuse me, two out and one on. Uh, and he breaks his bat, fouling off the very first pitch that he sees. And so it's an eleven; it's an extra inning game. It's been eleven innings, and there have been a lot of broken bats that day. So many; it, it, it's it's very convenient. So many broken bats that the one that Mike Kilroy broke in his his first swing off the foul ball was the last bat left at the field, or so the story goes. So clearly they don't have the equipment to finish the game. So Pottsville, the pitching team, they wanted to, they wanted to call it. Uh, But, you know, Mike Kilroy, he's like, no, you know, we're going to, I deserve my chance. I deserve my, my hacks. We're going to, we're going to figure it out here. here. So, so Mike Kilroy walks over to the wood pile. This is also great. Walks over to the wood pile that powers the clubhouse furnace, which is just a hilarious, you know, it's 1893. It's just a great, it's a funny mental picture for me somewhere.
2: Right, somewhere there is Ron Swanson nodding his head, saying, "That boy."
1: <laughs> this is a very Ron Swanson uh, story. So anyway, he he walks over to the wood pile, and what I think is great is instead of picking up like a hunk of wood or something, he just picks that's up that's on axe. fire. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe it was on fire, but I assume there was wood stacked to feed it. But he picks up the axe, and so Potts feels like no way we can let this this guy, you know, swing, but. This guy is waving an axe around and in that scenario, I mean, who are you to tell the guy? No, he's he's got an axe in his hands. It just wouldn't be very, very safe. (laughs) So through through arguing and and whatever. So the umpire relents and he's like, you know what? Get up there, get your You can take your licks at the ball or whatever. So so that's how Mike Kilroy steps into the box with an axe in his hands. Uh, So the very first pitch or I guess the next pitch he sees uh, Mike Kilroy, he swings and allegedly slices the ball cleanly in half, uh, with one half of the baseball being popped up and being caught by the first baseman, and the other half oh, is man, flown over the fence. <laughs> H-
2: had, had he gone with, you know, one was popped up and another one is like a dribble to third baseman, I could believe that. So I'm, I'm on board. And I mean, right. I have issues with, you know, everything about it, but that he has the gall to say one half went to the first base, the other half, I hit over the moon.
1: <laughs> just, just, just... From a physics standpoint, I, <laughs> I how does that happen, right? Like, I mean, it's a mighty sharp the,
2: blade. It will it will cut,
1: right? Like, it has to be the sharpest axe in, like in the country in 1893. And it, I'm sorry, but. It just reminds me of that scene in the Sandlot where Benny the Jet Rodriguez knocks the stuffing out of the baseball, and they have the women oh, scene. Good one. Mm-hmm. And even that ball didn't go very far, right? And clearly, I mean, yeah, that one was caught. Yeah, clearly, the Sandlot is is a a scientifically, uh, you know, renowned piece of media, right? Everything was 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 very very true to how it would happen in real life, of course. I mean, it,
2: it gave everyone the blueprint as to how to make a s'more. So yes, yeah, scientifically accurate.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so just the thought of one half just being a weak little pop-up and the other half flying over the fence, which also it's 1893. They probably don't have fences, right? <laughs> no, no. So it just, it just, there's a lot of holes in this story, but it's fun. So we'll keep going. Um, so Kilroy starts running around the bases while at the same time, the team on defense Pottsville, they're celebrating because they got the the last out of the inning at, at, uh, at first base. But Kilroy, when he, he he rounds third and heads home, he steps on home and he starts arguing with the umpire that since one half of the ball went out, he deserved half a run. Logic seems pretty sound to yeah, me. Yeah, totally. Guess. Sure. And this is already after he argues to to swing an axe in the batter's box in the first place. So he's really pushing his luck here. And also. I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but this is the pitcher. This is the Allentown pitcher that hit this. You know, obviously back in those days, pitchers actually practiced swinging.
2: Not everyone was Otani, so I get it.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is like, I mean, it's it's not like it's like the slugging center fielder. It's it's the guy who's who's throwing like you know, right? Uh, so he he's arguing with the umpire, and I don't know if this guy is just super annoying or what, but the umpire <laughs> actually relents again, and he in 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 gives them half a run he gives the the team half a run so the game ends up ends up ending uh two and a half to two and i don't know if that's because the umpire is thinking like you know it's the 11th inning i've got a barbecue to get to later (laughs) uh like i'm just i want to go home uh (laughs) but yeah so that's how the game allegedly ended two and a half to two now i'm just gonna brandon do you believe this (laughs) (laughs)
2: so i i desperately now after this want to go back and all the old newspapers look 1893 up in pennsylvania and i will find that game somewhere i'll
1: actually i'll amend this on a scale of one to ten what is your plausibility rating that you would give this story
2: Uh, do we do imaginary numbers because it's an imaginary story no i love the story so much but there's no (laughs) way it happened i i would be so happy if it did and i'm going to earnestly look into this Uh, But I I can't see it being plausible. But what about
1: you? And that's the thing is that there's really not anything that you can. It's it's not really something you can even really look into because there's a handful of newspaper clippings from 1940 or late 1930s, 1940s. When this when this was the story was was reprinted 40 years after it happened. So there surely isn't any newspaper info about this this game in night in 1893. So I just I, I mean, for me, I'm a believer. I'm a, not not in this story, not in this story, but just generally, I like to believe things.
2: You're my mother to my you're mother to my yeah. scully. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, I just think that, you know, I don't think at the time in 1893, I don't think that it's implausible that he could have argued his way into taking a swing with an axe I think it's it's ridiculous. It's definitely ridiculous that it's like oh, every single baseball bat was broken in a time when all these baseball bats were like we talked about last Oak week or, or last time. Literally just just trunks of trees, just these massive, you know, hammers. Right? I've likely it's
2: probably um, you know Mike Kilroy thinking a couple years later. You know, that, remember that one game we ran out of the bats. You know yeah. what I should have done, and you know what would have happened if I did. <laughs>
1: yeah and it's 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 i think i think that you know i could see possibly baseball was much less organized in 1893 and you know the rules were a lot less consistent and you mm-hmm. know basically it was the wild west era uh you know wild bill there wild bill there you go yeah. yeah and so i could believe maybe that that this guy just was so so set on taking his swings that he argued into <sighs> swinging with an axe i don't think that that ball went over the fence no no no.
2: Now now let me ask you this. What household implement today would you use as a baseball bat if your baseball bats were all broken?
1: Okay, is that going to be excluding traditional uh substitutes like broom hand like broom handles and 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 stuff like that? You got
2: yourself a broom, maybe
1: you got a good, you know, I feel like, aluminum I feel, handle. Yeah, I'm going to go I'm going to I'm going to throw that out the window because that's, you know, stickball and that is uh, you know, mm-hmm. the most common mm-hmm. household mm-hmm. implement I'd say. If I had to pick I feel like a well, now I'm into something with, with blades. Now that I'm thinking about this guy cutting a ball in half, um, I'm, now I'm looking around my my house. Uh, I think a rolling pin would be kind of cool. Uh, you know, I feel like rolling that would make would it fun. It's round. It, it it depends. Are you going for something that's fun? It, you know, could make a good story or something that would ha- give what you the t- le- most likely chance of hitting of getting most
2: on likely base. to get on base. Okay, yeah, I feel like something like a rolling pin. Rolling pin. I was almost thinking like a cutting board because you have all the area you yeah. can swing with. Or yeah. Bunts with at least
1: it'd be, a, it'd be a, yeah, it'd be good for bunts. It'd be really hard to swing that with any kind of any kind of speed. Uh, I feel like a, a fly swatter. I mean, not not like one oh, of that'd the whimsy, be that'd be a fun little thought. Plastic yeah. ones, but we have like a, <laughs> a, a thick like like big old fly swatter that I think could do some damage. Um I, I just love. I I would try to pick the largest, most awkward thing to carry as possible and, and try and swing it out. I don't know if that's trying just to like swing, a, like like a nice big comfy pillow. You make oh, contact. I thinking, you I make contact like, with it. I want to get like a. I I get. You know. Can I like grab a TV and just see if I can bring it around the plate? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I, I think we we can and when you combine just the the holes in this story with the uh, colorful uh, tendency to to exaggerate and tell these t- tall tales from the you know uh, Wild Bill who gave us this story back in the in the thirties. I'm gonna say this didn't happen. However, it doesn't mean that it's not one of the best baseball stories ever, <laughs> right? Like, does the story have to be true for nope. it to be great? I don't nope, think nope, so. Nope, nope, nope. I don't think so.
2: <sighs> All right. Well, that's going to bring us over then to our next wonderful segment, The Pickle Jar. It's coming back. Well, right. It never left, Noah. Never left.
1: It never left. We just took, the, <laughs> took a, a,
2: a week off, but
1: <laughs> The Pickle Jar.
2: All right, so this week we're doing one I've not heard before today. House by the side of the road. Okay,
1: I actually have heard this one. So oh, okay, so you on. know, you know. Yeah, okay, I, I, I have heard this one, and it is—it's probably now that I think about it, one of the one of my favorite baseball expressions. Really? Because it's it's definitely one of the rare ones, but just for how visual it is and how. Uh, you know, it, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. So I'm going to let you go first. Brandon, what do you think a house by the okay. side of the road is?
2: So I, I was looking at a house by the side of the road. And in my mind, you're in the car. You're traveling past it. You look by it and it's just sitting there. Okay. Okay. Um, so maybe it's like a player not hustling on the base. He's like a sack of potatoes just laying there. That's, that's my first thought. Uh, but of course, as I say, um, you're driving by a house. You look at it as it goes by oh maybe it's something to do with uh watching the pitch go by (laughs) you
1: there you go and that's i'll I'll, i assume that's i'll I'll give what i think it is i think it's it's watching a pitch go by you know taking strike three because you're sitting there like a house by the side of the road so brandon is that is that what it it ended up being
2: yeah it's like a batter who strikes out looking exactly yeah Uh, do you know it's
1: it's so descriptive which is great Mm -hmm. right
2: and it's descriptive, of course, because it came from two people. Um, the person who popularized it in baseball was the legendary Detroit Tigers uh, radio broadcaster, Ernie Harwell. And he got that phrase from the poet Sam Walter Foss in the late 1800s. Ah,
1: wow. Yeah, so scholarship I really love, here. In- I, I love how how baseball intersects with poetry. That's cool. <laughs> That's- yeah, just like our next guy. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so uh, he, he got that from a, a poet, and he just constantly said it. And sky strikes out looking. He, he stood there like the house by the side of the road, and watched the ball go by.
1: Cool. The best, the best baseball expressions are the ones that, without context, make absolutely no sense. Catbird but, seat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when you when you know you you find out what it means it's 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 just so obvious yeah or maybe obvious isn't the right word but like it just fits it makes sense and you wonder why you didn't think you know uh, figure it out before in
2: right? a sport that often makes no sense sometimes you can have nonsense nonsensical terms make sense that yeah. doesn't make any sense
1: <laughs> i don't know what that sentence was but nope. yeah all I'm right i'm going with it though <laughs> well a house by the side of the road let's talk about a barn by the side of the room or or Ooh. perhaps a barn by the side of a baseball field. Uh, so for those of you that haven't been following baseball over the last week or so, Major League Baseball, uh, we just recently had the first Field of Dreams... Exi- uh, it was not an ex- exhibition. Uh, the first Field of Dreams game where the Chicago White Sox, the team, the original team featured in uh, the bo- first the, the book, Shoeless Joe, and then the movie adaptation, Field of Dreams, uh, the Chicago White Sox took on another obviously historical team in the new york yankees and they played it on a cornfields in iowa uh, just uh, like the, the book just like the movie uh and it was it was really cool uh the the fence they did have a fence but it it just beyond that it was corn like just just stalks of corn uh very small event uh as a result incredibly expensive i think i saw the median ticket was something around three grand
2: Ooh, and there was like a lottery system yeah they get picked from and then you could spend all your money to get
1: it yeah but uh it was an amazing game obviously capped off by tim anderson uh hitting Mm -hmm. a walk-off home run Uh, deep into the corn uh can't say
2: baseball isn't romantic
1: yeah brandon did you did you watch it live what were uh
2: i was i was sadly unable to watch it live but you can bet i watched as many clips as i could because i just love baseball and professional specifically professional baseball in you know Unobvious locations or locations that should be played more in, like a typical sandlot, for example, or right. in the field of corn. It was just everything I wanted in the game of baseball.
1: It felt like a like in a video game, like a video game version of yeah. baseball. Like when you can pick like those 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 play the to play in places that don't exist, like you hit on the moon or or have a home run derby on the moon or whatever. That's what it kind of felt like, and it 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 was so cool to see a baseball game played somewhere that was so cozy and yeah. so unique
2: and i know they want to keep it going because obviously they built a stadium there um and Made a lot of money. obviously over a, <laughs> yeah, a lot of money over a long duration of time it'll kind of lose its splendor or its magic but right. i don't, it's just such a cool unique place i don't know if it will if you play it once a year it's like the hall of fame game that they've stopped doing since like i, I would love to see a game in, out there in
1: cooperstown yeah and i think i i I understand why they're they're like oh let's keep this going because I think it had something like sixteen million people or, oh, yeah. or watching it something something ridiculous and so I understand they're like oh let's let's do it again let's do it again and and you know get people back into the I just wish they would instead of playing Field of Dreams over and over again play different places you know uh, you mentioned the sandlot earlier literally play on a sandlot somewhere you or know, the sandlot or the sandlot it probably doesn't exist the, it like, does as a matter of fact from, a couple really miles from does? me. Does? yeah really oh uh-huh. wow I, that's incredible where was it really i thought where was it filmed salt lake city wow i told i thought that was i i bought that yeah. that was lost i, I or, didn't know that either okay. <laughs> that's incredible wow movie movie magic um is there anywhere besides the sandlot maybe a another movie set or, <laughs> or i mean it doesn't have to be movie themed any any other ideas i guess for a, a cool game like this
2: um you know they have baseball league out there in hawaii that'd be that'd be fun to go see major league baseball game Ooh, at yeah. um they have um up in alaska i think it is they have that midnight game every year where the sun doesn't set at all right. so they have games at
1: midnight that would be another cool location that would be really sweet to watch also just really trippy <laughs> <laughs>
2: and if and if we want to bring the game international mexico city where it's like twelve thousand million feet up in the altitude super yeah. course field
1: that would wow yeah I wasn't even thinking about altitude. That would be really cool. I think it would be cool to play. (laughs) This is a joke. I'm just gonna preface this. It's so stupid. Yeah, if we're if we're doing movie like homages to movie baseball scenes, that scene in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie from like 2019, where Sonic plays baseball by himself surprisingly a, a very a very that was fun a fun movie. movie i enjoyed that so much yeah uh it was like kind of heartwarming i feel like everyone had very low expectations <laughs> just because of
2: the first design did. yeah
1: exactly but it was fun i i really enjoyed it but but uh anyway that's a joke yeah. I, I also like how you years. said
2: back in 2019 as if it was 20 years ago
1: well i mean uh, you know 2020 felt <laughs> like that was like a like yeah I'll, a I'll give you that well. yeah that, that's like three years mm-hmm. um yeah, there. I feel like it'd be really cool to play somewhere with. I mean, obviously, you can't literally play play baseball on a volcano, but have like some more out there themes for baseball games. Like you could, you could simulate lava. Might be fun instead of instead of instead of corn oh, beyond it's, the it's, fence is just a, a pit of, of magma. It's it's <laughs> like
2: that Netflix little series. That four is lava.
1: You know it would be cool. You know it would be cool. Uh, Everything. A, a baseball cage match where there's a. It, it's it's they have a. <laughs> okay so those of you that are that can't see brandon's face he looks very confused a or they lower a, a cage onto the field and then there's like a ceiling that is in play like a lowered like a, a low ceiling and
2: and all it play is play. is madison bumgarner standing in the middle waiting for somebody to come in
1: <laughs> oh that'd be terrifying yeah <laughs> everyone's sleeveless um, <laughs> it's just very it's it's like a it'd be like the a thunderdome like a mad max thunderdome atmosphere mm-hmm. that i'm going for here uh, just or, or like that scene in spider-man where the cage comes down and with with macho man we randy have savage. a
2: whole episode about this yeah,
1: check, check out our, our, our randy savage episode all
2: right so, so we're getting down the rabbit hole here because we got <laughs> yeah, one other person to talk about, about
1: yeah. <laughs> all right all right let's let's bring it back so who are we talking about brandon all
2: right so because we just had that feel the dream games and the the cornfield um we're going to talk about archie doc Moonlight Graham, as made famous in the book, Shirley Strow, and the course in the movie, Field of Dreams. Uh, now in that movie, I've actually never read the book, so I can't speak too much of that. Ah. Uh, but, but in the movie, um, you know, he, he's this mythical figure who only had one plate appearance in Major League Baseball, and that was it. No more, no less, just one, and gone like moonlights, apparently. Right? <laughs> uh, I, I, guess that's not what happened at all. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, so he, yeah, he did make his major league debut in a single game in 1905. Um, he took the field in the eighth inning of a blowout. Um, and then in the bottom, bottom of the eighth, uh, with his team up by like 10 runs, he was left on deck when the guy in front of him was struck out and he took ah. the field again in the ninth inning. Uh, from what I could tell from the box scores, uh, maybe a ball was hit to him, but probably not. Uh, he certainly didn't make any outs in the field. Uh, but, Still, he got to the majors for two innings, basically without ever having it at bat, wow. and then he was sent back to the minor leagues.
1: That's 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 brutal, and it kind of reminds me of. I mean, how there's he's not the only person to have played. Oh no, like half an inning of defense and not gotten to hit. Obviously, you know it's happened a lot. But it, it the person that jumps to mind right now is the oh, I forgot his name. I'm sure I've mentioned him on here before. But the player for the Cubs, he debuted with the Cubs like in the you 2000s. did. You mentioned this before. Forget his name. He got hit in the head with his in the first pitch he ever saw, got concussed, never, never got, or he actually did later get, get back in. Right. A a crowd kind of sourced initiative to give him that last at bat, you know, for closure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's just that's, that's brutal. Uh, that you, you could, you know, Work so hard for, for that dream And then it's so close and then the guy in front of you Yeah out. and e- even
2: to get to that point In Major League Baseball to you know Make an appearance you still had to be good At baseball and exactly. Moonlight Graham Was good at baseball even in 1905 out. 1905 in fact he Was a fast fast player uh Because in, in that year a Newspaper wrote about him that he is known As Moonlight so not because he Only made a single appearance but because he Is uh-huh. supposed to be as fast as a flash Whew, moonlights.
1: That's really a so, self-fulfilling prophecy, that nickname.
2: Isn't it? Like, right? here's this,
1: <laughs> a here's this a great nickname that yeah. yeah
2: double entendres. And not only was he fast for moonlight, but he is also, uh, later on in his career, moonlighting in the offseason as being a doctor. So ah. there are so many different meanings to this name. Uh, so he started playing professional baseball in 1901, and that's the same year he started or oh, he got his bachelor's at UNC Chapel Hill in medicine. And the next year, he was picked up by a minor league team, and that's when he started his post-grad at Memphis course as well. Uh, So he was a busy guy. Okay. Uh, Now, unfortunately, his first uh, professional baseball team, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, they were disbanded halfway through the season, because that tends to happen in 1903 minor league teams. Um, But he he was solid. Hit 297, 17 stolen bases in just 31 games. So you can see how he was fast. Um, Now, instead of Joining another team after the team, you know, disbanded, he went back home to uh, study for medicine because I guess that was important or something. A little bit. Yeah. So as he was moonlighting as being a doctor, he came back the next season and bounced around between three teams uh, for a variety of reasons. Again, mostly it's early 1900s minor league teams. Right. Uh, But he got 30 stolen bases, 10 doubles, 7 triples, solid player. And that is when the New York Giants purchased his contract. Of course, Major League Baseball, National League, knocking on the door. So they call yeah. him up, and he sits on the bench. Oh, what's it going to be? For about a month? Yeah, for okay. about two months, he, si- he sits on the bench. Uh, his manager is John McGraw at the time. And we're not quite sure why McGraw refused to play him for two straight months. Yeah. Um, crazy. What seems likely is that at the time, um, you know, uh, Moonlight not only played professional baseball, but also played collegiate football. I I guess the rules of the NCAA—I'm sure that didn't exist at the time—were a little bit murky on how athletes could get paid for playing sports, still be considered (laughs) amateur. Sure, Uh, but it seems likely he he picked up some kind of injury playing football, and he couldn't—you know—wasn't quite up to up to par in baseball, and and so he had him benched.
1: There's also the additional—you know—it's 1905, and people hated rookies, like like veterans, and even even like old managers hated rookies like they were just like and, and not in the like nice tw- tooth you know now it's like oh maybe they'll make they'll ask them if they want to dress up in a halloween costume and go get coffee or something you know like some nice like yeah, yeah, yeah. lighthearted. yeah music. no like, i'm Blood not like is on fire and and you know like <laughs> like just it they hated rookies so i i can i can kind of understand yeah so an injury too
2: bit of that then uh, so then it comes June 29th, a full month and a half, nearly two months after he was called up and the giants are blowing out Brooklyn 10, nothing. And McGraw right, empties can, the bench. Let's skip, skip past that part. But <laughs> it, it wasn't, it wasn't your Dodgers. It was, it was a super buzz. Oh,
1: you're right. You're right. Well, same <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're
2: right. <laughs> so we have the bench in with Graham for his two innings of work. And after the game, Never once uh, sees the light of Major League Baseball again. Uh, he was immediately sold back to the Scranton Miners, another great name. Um, it may have been a rehab assignment to get back into the swing of things, but really after two months, it's a little late to go on the rehab assignments. Uh, So while that marked the end of his major league playing days, he did bounce around for a while still in the minor leagues um, with some solid seasons under his belt as well. And it was even uh, almost given the chance to play for the Boston Americans, who Cy Young was pitching for at the time, uh, the very next season. Uh, But because players didn't have a right as to where they could play, uh, the Giants still held his rights and refused to sell him to the Americans. Um, So... That was pretty much that.
1: Um, he that's, he called that's it brutal. The, the, it the is. Old, you have a chance. Baseball when when they just owned you. Uh, pretty much up until Kurt Flood, where they just owned you for your. Yeah. That's and the worst.
2: and actually, uh, the Giants I think made a proposal to Moonlight that if he could pay back the, his contract, then he can go. That's just a slap in the face. Luckily, he's a doctor at least. <laughs> like, he's a doctor. Yeah. Um, and he actually made a a good life for himself being a doctor in uh, Chisholm, Minnesota. Uh, that's where he eventually settled down, became a magnificent fixture in the community, uh, joined school boards, was a doctor for a variety of areas, um, and actually still has a scholarship named after him for graduating high schoolers. That's cool. Yeah. So, you know, he had he had a a great time playing, I guess, collegiate football as well. Right. Baseball, got his med med school in, became a doctor. He lived a good life overall. And um, I don't think it didn't seem like he was a sad figure as portrayed in Field of Dreams, but he lived a nice, full life and yeah. great baseball story, great American nice, story.
1: He lived a nice, full life, you know, as a doctor, and then you know, about a hundred years later, his ghost helped uh, an yeah. Iowan man reconnect with his dead father. So, I mean, I would, I would take that life. <laughs> I wonder, how, I'd become
2: a ghost in the cornfield.
1: I wonder how the. You know, the Graham family feels about his portrayal in Field of Dreams. That might be something interesting.
2: Well, he didn't, him and his wife didn't have any children. Um, oh. So I'm not That's sure right. if they do. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because yeah, he passed, I think, in the 70s and then his wife okay. passed, I think, in 81 before the movies came out. Right. So,
1: right. yeah. Well, Just
2: uh, a figure in history. Yeah. That was With the scholarship a scholarship after him.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, there's. Yeah, the baseball thing didn't work out, but it rarely works out for a lot of people. But it's really cool. That he
2: I mean, hey, it. he made it to the majors. I see yeah, that works out.
1: That is where. Yeah, he got he got on a major league field. It's more than more than we've done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but it's really cool that he he dedicate. He was able to you know make something and dedicate the rest of his life to helping other people. And he got in a movie after his death. So it's pretty. I, I consider that a, a, a success. Um,
0: <laughs> I agree.
1: Well, all right, Brandon, this was a, a very crisp episode, I feel like, you know, we uh, very, very solid. Um, and it's about it's about time to wrap things up. So uh, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to follow Short Hops and Tall Tales on Twitter so you never miss an episode. That's at Short Hops PL. You can follow Brandon for his really cool tr- tweets about Star Trek that I'm still working on understanding <laughs> at BD Riddle and myself at Noah A. Scott six uh I, I was just i'm a star wars guy and i know they shouldn't be mutually exclusive i just don't have as mm-hmm. no, enough knowledge to uh
2: i love both
1: <laughs> they have a we should do an episode because don't they have a star trek episode uh, or a baseball so, uh... in star trek
2: see captain cisco in deep space nine is a very big baseball fan um i think his team is the 99ers i want to say he has a baseball anyway yes that's that's a whole different episode okay
1: we're gonna do that we're gonna do that we'll we'll write that on the on the board (laughs) uh anyway subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you're currently listening to this podcast Uh, if you like if you're liking it leave a review uh you know help us reach new people to talk baseball with uh but for brandon riddle uh i'm noah scott and this has been the short hops and tall tales podcast see you next time